0: Man, there's just such a joy in the atmosphere. I don't even. Part of me just wants to keep worshiping because that was awesome. Did anyone else like love that as much as I did? I don't even know if I have a voice right now. <clears throat> All right, thank you for coming to City Beautiful. I'm gonna go ahead and pray. Let's um. Let's enter back into that place of a, a deep sense and awe of the Lord's presence. I think it's so important that this is the posture that we remain in as we receive the word of God. There's a fear of the Lord in us, that we, we a worship of the Lord, and we want him over anything else. And so, God, I ask for your fire to be burning in every single person here tonight. God, I ask that every single person will be filled with the joy of your presence, be filled with the reality of your presence, Lord, I ask that you, you know, we were singing Spirit Break Out, and that you also break our walls down. Lord, that we just want your truth and nothing but the truth. I ask that you fill me with your truth, and you even guide my mouth if I start saying something that isn't true, God. That you stop me because we just want your truth, your fire, your joy. Yeah, so we've come tonight to receive, to get filled up, to pour into each other as family. So Lord, I ask that our, our hearts remain postured in this as we receive your word tonight. In Jesus' name. So tonight, I want to, I spoke probably a month ago on friendship with God, and that is like my life song, love walking in friendship with the Lord. Um, but I want to talk about something that was birthed out of my friendship with the Lord and the things that He showed me and the things that He taught me. Um, so probably about four years ago, I made a commitment that I was going to start spending time with the Lord every day. I felt like that like intentional time with Him is where genuine growth happens and where genuine love is birthed. Um, and so I started reading the Bible every day out of that, spending intentional time. And if Any of you are like me, I grew up in the church. I grew up believing a lot of things about God. I grew up believing a lot of things that weren't actually true. And when I started reading the Bible, I was like, wait a minute, that's in there? I was told this. And, you know, I had to humbly go before God, and I was like, God, I ask that you wipe my slate clean of what I've been told, rid me of man's theology, and tell me what is true what you've made available, and so I start reading the New Testament, and the Lord took me on a journey, Um, and just to give you a little background, when I first started walking in friendship with the Lord, I have a very impulsive and extreme nature, and my entire life, like, I, I struggled with being black or white, in or out, and I lived a very weak life, and quite frankly, like, my character sucked, and You know, I would always tell people, like, Romans 7 is my life first. who will rescue me from this life that is dominated by sin? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ. But how many of you guys know that the who will rescue me mentality can actually move to a God has filled me with power. There's something so much more than just being dominated by sin. Thanks, guys. Hello. Welcome. So I had to humbly come before God, you know, and I started reading in the Bible, the kingdom of God is not one of talk, it's one of power. And I was told that um, beware of the power, beware of the men with power. And so I was just like, hmm, I don't, I've actually, I don't know if I'm walking in power. Like all I know is weakness. And God started increasing my awareness for the need for more, the need for more. And then it says in scripture, there will be a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof. And I had to repent because I had denied the power my whole life because this is what man told me. This is what my theology told me. Okay? So I'm reading in Romans 7 who will rescue me from this life that is dominated by sin. You know, I read about freedom, never tasted that. I'm like, God, tell me your freedom is not just near, but it's here. I want genuine freedom in your presence. And I'll come before him and I'm like, I want to get free from this impulsive nature. And then I would read Romans 8, where it says, don't feed the things of this of the flesh, but feed the things of the spirit. Okay, so you know what I would do? I just need to live a spirit-filled life. I just need to live a spirit-filled life, and I would try to think myself into that reality. How many of you guys know you can't think yourself into that reality? Like, you actually need the Holy Spirit to come to live in that reality. We need the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to keep my points short and simple tonight. There is something so much more (laughs) We have to increase our awareness of the reality of the Bible, guys, not just our experience. And I got hungry, and I'm like, this is what your word says, though. This is what I'm experiencing, but I'm hungry for the more. Joyce Meyer always says, you know, you can have your ticket to heaven, but some people actually live like hell until they get there, because they never experience the freedom and the power in Christ. So my prayer tonight is that this is no longer just a theology of the Holy Spirit. I I think a lot of us agree that it's important to have the Holy Spirit. My question is, are you walking in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Are you walking in the fullness of what God has made available? And I think that we all need to ask ourselves that. And there's no condemnation in this. But there's a hunger of, I was made for the greater things. Jesus says you will see even greater things than he did because we will have the Holy Spirit. He will lead us and guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will. He's like, there are things that I want to tell you now that you wouldn't even begin to comprehend. (laughs) But when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to show you. I'm like, I'm in, God. I'm in. I don't know what this looks like. All right? So I'm going to take you on my journey of reading the book of Acts. Um, Starting Acts 1-4, Jesus tells the disciples, you know, he was crucified, he was resurrected, and then he comes back, and he spends... 40 days with the disciples, preparing them before he ascends into heaven. And he looks at the disciples and he says, do not leave here until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do not leave here. That is Jesus saying, do not leave here and try to do this in your own strength. That will lead to disappointment. That will lead to, like, trying to perform miracles and it not actually happening. It will lead to a lot of frustration, exhaustion, and exhaustion and it's a recipe for burnout if you try to leave here without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm like, okay, all right, I'll keep reading. Then in Acts 8, it says you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So this week, I looked up what that word power means. This is awesome, didn't know this. Apparently, some people did. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) That word power is dunamis in the Greek, okay? Our English word for dynamite. You will receive dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'm so hungry to destroy the works of the devil. And I'm like, yes, I want that. I want dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And every person that I walk by who is carrying an infirmity, the things that Jesus died for, I'm just like, be free in Jesus' name. Dynamite, dynamite, I want that. Here's what that word power also means, okay? Strength, power, ability, inherent power, power for performing miracles, moral power, Loved that one. Couldn't overcome my sin. All right. Power consisting in or resting upon armies or hosts. Power consisting in or resting upon armies or hosts. How many people are searching for rest out there? And what you really need is encounter with the power of God that will lead you into rest. I was like, that's my jam. All right. So then Acts 2, we see the Holy Spirit poured out the day of Pentecost upon the believers. They begin to speak in tongues. They begin to prophesy. There's this loud sound, and all these people from the city run in to see what happens. And then Peter's like, men and women, I can assure you that these people are not drunk. They're just, it's just a fulfillment of the prophecy that in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Okay, and then he starts declaring who the Messiah is. So we see that. I was told that Acts 2 is when... The Holy Spirit is poured upon the church, and now, every time that I believe in the Lord Jesus, that I receive all the Holy Spirit that I'm going to get, right? But then, I want us to read together in Acts eight fourteen through 17. Um, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. That verse, when I first read it, I had knots in my stomach because I was told my entire life that I would just instantly receive all the Holy Spirit I was ever going to get at salvation. And this was like against my theology. It's amazing what will happen when you actually read the Bible. So Here's the thing. We don't always see this happening. Sometimes it happens right after conversion. Sometimes people believe in the Lord Jesus, and then it happens the same day. But then you see the same thing happening in Acts 19. Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues, and they prophesied. So right here, we see that that's actually the event that follows as well, the laying on of hands. So I'm reading this for the first time, and I am in shambles. I'm like, God, what does this mean? Do I have the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Am I supposed to have a tongue? I don't have a tongue. What is baptism in the Holy Spirit? What's the difference? I had all these questions. But I had to come to a conclusion of embracing the mystery of God and not having to have all the answers. Okay? Because what I see in Scripture is it happening different every time. Okay, sometimes, you know, it mentions sometimes that people spoke in tongues and prophesied. But other times, it doesn't say that. And so I'm like, God, I can't put you in a box. You're a God of diversity. You're a God of diversity. And so I had to say this, okay? If this is what God wants, so do I. Thanks, guys. I'll invite you to come every time I teach. <laughs> if this is what God wants, so do I. So... I said that to God, and, you know, there were a group of us that were all organically searching out the Holy Spirit because we had all grown up in similar environments. We were like, God, what is this? Like, I, I don't think that we're actually walking in the fullness of what we were created to. I'm definitely not seeing greater things than Jesus did. Definitely not healing the sick, cast out demons, raising the dead. I was made for greater things, okay? So we hear that this guy was teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's not from here. And he comes. And I go to hear this message and I'm like, thank God I can finally have some answers. Yeah, right. Just led me into more shambles. I was just like, I still don't get it, God. I still don't know if I have this. And then he says, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, come up. And I said, okay, I'm coming. God, I don't know. I don't know if I've received this, if I haven't. But I know that I was made for more, that I am not walking in and I want you. Whatever that looks like. So I go up. I receive prayer. And, you know, nothing that what I can see with my physical eyes happens or feel. But I believed that I'd received. Okay? So I go back, and I, I start spending time with the Lord in my own time. And I'm like, listen, I see other people speaking in tongues. Romans 8 talks about it. There are, mo- like, groanings and utterances that the Spirit of God is, le- like, getting out of you that you couldn't even express in words. It's deep, calling to deep. That's literally how I describe a, a prayer language. And so I'm like, God, I want this. You say in your word that that's made available. I've asked you, so I'm going to believe that I received. So I just start opening up my mouth. And I had to have faith to believe, okay, God, you know my heart. And a lot of people, I think, you know, assume that something's going to shoot out of their mouth. And I don't actually think that that's true all the time. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes people have a bizarre experience. But other times, it requires a lot of faith to say, this is what it says in your word, and this is what I'm going to do. Okay? So for a couple of months, I'm sitting with God in my own time, and I'm speaking a language that sounds a lot like gibberish. It's like, God, you know my heart. Like, you know my heart, and you'll lead me and guide me into all truth. So, and I want this. So eventually, um, you know, I'm driving on I-4 out of all places, and I have worship music going, and I start worshiping, and then I start laughing, and then I start obnoxiously laughing, and then I felt the power of God on me like none other, and I am, I've lost full control. I'm weeping. I'm laughing. I have to pull over. I'm like, it's like deep, calling to deep, and I'm like wailing. I felt like that the way that I describe it—is I felt God was putting his hand inside of me, pulling out all that gunk. And filling me with the joy of his presence. And I believe, I really do believe this. When people, when they laid hands on me and I believed that I would received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was a gateway into the supernatural. It was a gateway. It opens doors for you to start encountering the power of God. Okay? And I just had to say, God, my one pursuit is you. And I don't necessarily have full answers right now, but I want this to be the only reality that I live in. And when you've made something available, I'm going to go after it. There's so much confusion about uh, physical manifestations and tongues and all this stuff. And it's like, man, when our one pursuit is God and there's a hunger, I just believe there's a grace into to ex- in experiment with God, to just trust him that he'll lead you. He's a good shepherd. You know, but I want the power of God on my life. So I had to come to the conclusion, well, I really believe the Lord showed me this, that at salvation, you know, Paul says, if the spirit of Christ is not in you, then you don't belong to Christ at all. Like, I believe that our spirits are regenerated and we become a new creation at salvation. You know, the old has passed away, we become new, and there's a, a desire. We become the righteousness of Jesus and there's a deep yearning for righteousness. But I believe when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's an empowerment to actually live that out. Because the Holy Spirit was not just meant to be in you, it was meant to be on you. It's like dipping the Oreo in the milk. You're completely drenched. And the best picture that we see in Scripture is Jesus himself right before his ministry starts. Okay? He says, one day, or in Scripture, Luke 3, 21 through 22... One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. I love that. In bodily form, just completely drenches him. He gets consumed with the power of God. That's such a good picture of what happens. And he received... The power that Acts eight is talking about. Even Jesus himself, the son of God. I believe that there's a clear shift that happens when we receive the Holy Spirit upon us. If you look at Peter, Peter denied Jesus three times. Okay, They're like, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And one of the times was to this servant girl. Like this little servant girl, he was so fearful and covered in the fear of man. And I can relate to that. I know what it's like to be friends with Jesus and to love Jesus, but so badly want to be free from the fear of man, but I'm not. And I come under it. We're not meant to be under it. We're we're not meant to be under the waves. We're meant to be walking on water. Okay? So we see Peter deny Jesus three times, and then shortly after, When the Holy Spirit comes upon them at the day of Pentecost, who is the one standing in the streets declaring Jesus as Messiah? There was a clear shift that happened where he gets rid of the fear of man. It says that the people were amazed at his boldness. And his word pierced their hearts. That's because he was carrying an anointing from God. My like, gosh, that's a redemption of God. The very one who denied Jesus, when he gets the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, is the very one who declares Jesus for the first time under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, my last point is this. I believe that the greatest evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the power to live the life Jesus called us to live. Jesus tells us so many things that we will do, and we cannot do that in our own flesh. We will be disappointed, exhausted, burnout, out, and you know, frustrated with what we don't see if we do it in our own flesh. Because you can't do it. I just want to reiterate what that word power means in Acts 1.8. Strength, power, ability, inherent power, power for performing miracles, moral power. Power consisting in arresting upon armies, forces, and hosts. And another thing that I see too is there's just a mentality that shifts when you get covered and drenched in the Holy Spirit. Like there's a mentality that shifts where it's like, I just want the things of God. I've got a burning in me. But it's something that we were daily meant to be filled in. Here's the thing. One of the things that Cole said is he was like, my biggest concern when you are talking about this is that I don't want you to dish out this message. It's like you will be free from temptation for the rest of your life. It's going to be peaches and cream the second you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No, this is actually something we have to daily walk in. I love that in Ephesians, it talks about, you know, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that it equates it to wine because wine, you have to continue to drink it to get the same effect. And we, God is saying, come and drink. Come and drink of my spirit and keep getting filled daily because we were made to go from glory to glory to glory. And so here's the thing. So many people are like, well, I wonder if I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I grew up my entire life thinking that I had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I know for a fact that I didn't. And so, so many people are asking, but here's the bigger question. Some people will get receive the Holy Spirit for the first time tonight. That's a fact. But some people need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit because you were meant to walk in this daily. One of my favorite stories of this actually being a thing, like literally if it didn't take enough um, faith for me to believe my story, well, anyways, my mom's story is wild, okay? My mom has been a pastor's wife my entire life. She's a Baptist preacher's wife and very stuck in her beliefs and her theology. So when I received a tongue, um, and God confirmed, no, this is real, and that experience happened in my car where I was filled with the joy of his presence, my first thought was, um, God, please don't ever make me tell my parents that I received a tongue. (laughs) Like, I am never going to tell my parents. And I was so fearful, but then the second that I saw them, three days later, boldness came on me, and the first thing I blurred out, I think I received a tongue. <laughs> I'm, like, scratching my head. I think, I, I think that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't really know, but, like, this is what I'm reading in the Bible, and I was just so fearful to tell them, but I was like, man, I got to get it out. I got to get it out. And my parents went from skepticism. They are like, dear Lord, help this girl. <laughs> like, I had been told all these things a lot by my parents, you know? And so my parents were like, what is she? Who is she listening to? What is she dabbling in? Is she dabbling in a cult or? So they're so like filled with skepticism. But then they saw the fruit of my life for the next year. And what was skepticism turned into curiosity? They're like, hmm, what's going on with our daughter? Because I would come home. I would sit on their porch and be like, guys, my friend just got healed of cancer yesterday. What? (laughs) guys, did you know this? I just prayed over this person in Walmart and this happened. And I started just like being so hungry and coming home ready to tell them what God is doing. And they're like, what happened to our daughter? What happened to our controlling bratty, like I get what I want daughter? She's humble. What? (laughs) And so their eyes went, okay, God, is there something we're missing? You know, I would buy them book after book after book of like, you should read this, you should read that, you should read this on the Holy Spirit, on intercession. And it would sit there, they would not touch a thing. I spent a lot of money on them that year. And I would want to shake them and be like, guys, you were made for the more of God, you were made for the greater things. Have you read the Bible? Seriously we will see even greater things than Jesus did. So I would want to shake them and be like, guys, I've got so much hunger. Don't you? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so great, Janae. That's for you. Yeah. We're so glad what the Lord's doing in your life. And I'm just like, God, pour yourself out on them. But God started softening their hearts. Okay? So my mom's like, okay, God, like, I just ask that you show me what this is. And she starts searching it out for scripture. She's like, I don't want to go listen to podcasts. I don't want to go listen to a man-made theory. I want to know what the Bible says. And finally, she's like, okay, I want this. So she goes to this place that she knows for sure they will pray over her to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he starts praying over her. And number one, he started telling the spirit of religion to leave. And then she puts her hands on her stomach, and he's like, I want you to believe that you received And she instantly starts speaking in a heavenly language. And trust me, that is God. My mom was the very one who told me, beware of that, you know? And so my mom has this happen. You know, and it's nothing, like, so bizarre. It still required faith on her end. It still required her going back and believing that was God, and something has changed. I'm filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, guys, that was a year and a half ago. My mom now has started an inner healing ministry at Discovery Church. She is healing the sick. She is casting out demons. She is walking in power. And she came to me in repentance, and she was like, Janae, I am so sorry for teaching you to beware of the power I want that power. And she was so humble and so repentant and was like, God just keeps telling me I was made for the greater things. This woman was timid and fearful and filled with the fear of rejection and wounds from rejection. And she went to bold as a lion. She's starting a ministry, and I'm just like, come on, God. Like, if anything, that confirms that this is so real. God is so real. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that the fruit, the fruit of being completely drenched in the Holy Spirit is an increase in hunger. There's a boldness. There's free from the fear of man. One thing that the Lord is really showing me is that when he, when he says in scripture, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Receiving still requires action. Like I could try to give you money, but you still actually have to take it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is telling me that he likes to be asked. He's a lot like me. I like to be invited places. And when I want to be invited places, if someone was like, hey, Janae, do you want to come lead worship here? But, like, I saw you do that one time. I prefer that you don't do that. And, like, if you do that, prefer you would, like, keep it, you know, a little, like, tame. Don't get weird, you know. If, if someone asked me to come and invited me but then had all these conditions and reservations, I wouldn't be myself. Guys, I'm asking you that our one pursuit is God. I'm not saying we have to get weird or we have to fake something. We just want the greater things. We want God. And sometimes it actually doesn't involve a foreign experience. Some of us are expecting a foreign experience to happen, but sometimes it does. Okay, but when we say yes to the greater things of God and he drenches us with his presence, only good can come from it. And some of us just need to get freed up tonight. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit drenches you, there's actually mourning and pain that needs to happen before he can fill you with joy. Some of us need to be free to cry tonight. Or humbly say, God, I don't know what this looks like, but I want your power. I can't do this. I'm exhausted. I'm disappointed. I've expected things that haven't happened Jesus didn't tell us what to do when you don't see something happen. That wasn't meant to be a thing. He didn't say what to do when you don't see someone healed. It was just meant we were supposed to walk in it and we were supposed to see it happen. You know? So God, I just break off disappointment tonight. Lord, I ask that you fill every one of us with a clean slate, whatever we've associated with this, whatever we've, you know, the disappointment that we've had, that we've gone after the greater things and we haven't seen it, just a clean slate, Lord, that you uproot us of offense and bitterness and man-made theologies, God, and we say tonight, whatever it looks like, we say yes, because we want the power. We want the power. The Lord has been asking me, Janae, what do you want for your life? You know, I just recorded an album. He's like, do you want to go on tour? I just graduated <laughs> with my master's in counseling. He's like, do you want to like, become a better me- mental health counselor? And I'm like, every time, I'm like, no, God. I want to see a whole city filled with your power. I want to see a whole city proclaim who you are, God. And the Lord's like, well, then you got to tell them about my power and my baptism because we were all baptized into one spirit meant for unity. Guys, we don't want to miss out on the things of God. And I don't want one person leaving here tonight that isn't filled with their eyes being opened to the greater things, to the reality that we were made for more. Before I, I started pressing into this, I used to drive in my car and be like, God, I was made for more. I was made for more. Even though I wasn't seeing a thing, I just declared it over myself. I don't want to be okay with the mediocre I want to walk in a continuous infilling of the Spirit. So tonight, I'm saying don't miss out on this. There are going to be people over here that are praying. Some of you are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time. And some of you need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The reality is don't walk out of here trying to do it in your own strength. Don't walk out of here with your walls. We're like, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, but don't come too close because I don't want to lose my cool. I pray that we all let our walls down and encounter you, whatever it looks like. You're free to be you. You don't have to make a scene, but you're free to just be you. Whatever that looks like, God, fill us with joy. Fill us with power. If there's mourning that needs to happen tonight, Lord, let mourning happen so you can fill us with joy and you turn our mourning into dancing. If there's oppression on us, light drives out darkness. As you pour out your Holy Spirit, there's actually going to be darkness that is driven out. Don't resist it. We don't want to resist the move of God. So God, whatever it looks like, we say yes. So there are going to be people, for those of you who are praying, if you want to make your way over there, praying over you. Guys, let's not miss out on this. We want the power. If we want to change a whole city, if we want to see a church unified, we need the power of God. So Lord, we thank you for everything that you desire for every person tonight. Lord, I ask for a softness and a desire for the more, the greater things.